This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to us. Your Saltwater Guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with another phenomenal podcast for you. Those of you that are watching us live, you're looking at this beautiful scenery behind me and you're going, he is not in Cabo anymore. You're absolutely right. I'm up here in beautiful South Lake Tahoe with my uh, son and his wife and my little granddaughter, Zaya. And we're coming to you live from their front porch in this beautiful scenery up here in beautiful South Lake Tahoe. We're going to get going here in just a couple minutes, letting a few more people jump on here, gang. Today we're talking about the proper way to fish offshore and uh, all the cool things that are happening in this offshore thing now that that storm of a lifetime went by Southern California. Things are happening. There's a bunch of Dorado. There's a bunch of tuna. There's all kinds of stuff. Yellowtail, kelp patty fishing. We're going to talk about all that today and much, much more. Today is Akuma Wednesday, we always talk about an Akuma product on Wednesdays, and I got a really good one for you today, so stay tuned. We'll get talking about that here pretty quick. I just got up here to Tahoe, and I got this brand new product delivered to me, and you're going to love I think you're all going to love it, so stand by. We'll show you the new Akuma product we're going to talk about today in just a few minutes, but um, gang, thanks for joining us, everybody on all the podcast carriers and everybody around the world that watches and listens to us. I am so, so blown away by all, all the people that are watching and interacting with us and all the great messages you send us every single day and all the great comments and the, and the subscriptions are flying on uh, YouTube. I cannot comprehend how fast it's going. Everybody told me you get to 50,000 subscribers and it grows rapidly if you keep putting out good content well i must be putting out some pretty decent content because we're going up three thousand subscribers a month right now on youtube so that blows my mind and over on tiktok and facebook and youtube we're or excuse me tiktok facebook and instagram we're flying like we always are but the new thing is this youtube thing how fast it's growing make sure you hit the like button i can't even tell you how much how many times I heard that from so many people watching their YouTube channels and I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. It helps. It matters so much to drive the algorithm, to get us out in front of everybody. So please, it's free. It won't hurt you. Just hit the like button on YouTube. That way it really pushes my algorithm for me and it helps me out tremendously. But gang, let's talk about what's going on out here. I told you guys that as soon as 
this uh, tropical this tropical depression or tropical storm or hurricane Hillary or whatever you want to call that mess that went flying through Southern California. It sucked up so much cool stuff. It sucked up so much wonderful, wonderful water and so many great fish just pouring into our area that uh, I am blown away by how many Dorado were already being seen by some of the guys on the sport boats. Yeah, yesterday, I don't know what was caught in my throat. But, uh, yeah, it was tough yesterday at the airport. I don't know if it was the air, what was going on there at the Phoenix airport. But thanks. Yeah, I'm not sick. I'm not sick by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm super happy to be up here with my granddaughter and and my family up here in beautiful Lake Tahoe. And, unfortunately, Kelly Girl couldn't make the trip up here because she's got to take care of Marley and Finn and Dahlia. So she told me to go up there and see your granddaughter and go have a good time. So that's what we're doing. We're up here in beautiful Lake Tahoe hanging out with our beautiful granddaughter and and my son and his wife. So, gang, what's going on in Southern California right now is warm water pouring into the area. Right as this hurricane hit, they were talking about the water was down in some spots, it had gone all the way down 62, 63 degrees. Oh, here it is. This is what it's all about, you guys. This is it right here. There is nothing better than this right here. Oh, my gosh. Look at how beautiful she is, huh? There is no fish on the planet that's better than this. I don't care how big of a bluefin you caught. I don't care how big of a white sea bass you caught. Oh, see, you dropped it. You dropped another one. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah, there's nothing better than this right here, gang. This is what it's all about. I'll try and I'm so happy. I am so happy right now. It's incredible. This is the most incredible catch ever in the world. Thank you so much, Jewel. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. We got in here at midnight. Midnight. Almost one o'clock. Oh, would you stop that? What are you doing? Yeah, that's you on the screen, you little knucklehead. That is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am so excited to have her and be with her and hanging out with her for a week. And thank you, Kelly girl. I know you're watching at home. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for making it so I could come up here and see Zaya, right? And Zaya's just getting ready to have some breakfast. Dad's making us all some breakfast this morning. I'm super excited. And I'm super excited about the fish that are pouring into Southern California right now. I know the San Diego... Down out of Seaforth Landing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get me. Down at Seaforth Landing had some phenomenal Dorado fishing yesterday. They had a really good score on the Dorado with a little bit of tuna mixed in. And there's some nice yellowtail on the kelp patties. And that's what we're going to talk about today, everybody. We're talking about how to properly fish this offshore fish. What do you got to go? Do you need to get going? Okay, I know you smell the bacon. Papa's making, our grandpa, our dad's making you bacon. Hey, can someone get this baby? Can someone get this little baby? All right, there, go have your breakfast. All right. Bye. Bye. Woo. That's bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so <clears throat> what's going on right now, gang, is Dorado, yellowtail, yellowfin tuna, bluefin tuna, all crossing the border right now into Southern California. It's absolutely incredible what's going on. 
You got to really, really, really pay attention, though. I was talking to Jim Kingsmill. He's the guy that gets us those gyro-stabilizing binoculars. He said quite a few of you took advantage of the $3,000 pairs that he was selling. And he said he sold a half a dozen just to our members of your saltwater guide. So I know that there's at least a half a dozen members that are going to knock the crap out of the fish this year because you have a really good pair of binoculars. If you do not have a good pair of binoculars right now with what's going on and what's pouring into our area in Southern California, you're basically just going to be fishing for boats. You're going to be going out there and looking for a group of boats. And then you're going to go from group of boat to group of boat to group of boats. We see it every single year. And unfortunately that's how it is. If you don't have a decent pair of binoculars and you're going offshore, because you can't find the fish. You need a really good pair of binoculars to find these fish, these pelagic fish that are showing up in Southern California right now. So make sure you get yourself a good pair of binoculars or grab a friend that has a really good pair of gyro stabilizing binoculars and take them fishing with you. So, oh, John, you did. Isn't that fish incredible? I was so blessed that Tommy Gomes took me under his wing and he turned me on to all that phenomenal fish he has down there at Tunaville Market and Grocery down there on the water right by Fisherman's Landing. If you haven't checked out those videos, you may want to go check them out. There's a lot of really good fish in that rock. Talking about rock cod and identification of rock cod and how they uh, lie at the store when they're selling it. That's a great video that's going on right now that we just posted on social media this morning. So check that out. Kind of helps you identify the rockfish and what it's all about. Just like the Chilean, Chilean sea bass, which is there is no such fish. You, uh, you can argue with me until your head falls off. I'm right here. I'm ready. That fish is called the Patagonian toothfish. But you wouldn't buy that if you went to the restaurant. So... They put a name on it called Chilean sea bass. But really, there's no such thing as a Chilean sea bass. Same thing they do with the vermilion rockfish and all the other red rockfish we catch in Southern California. They call them red snapper, but they're not a red snapper. But that's that's for another show. I just saw that comment come through. So, gang, what's going on right now is kelp patty, dorado, kelp patty, yellowtail, kelp patty, yellowfin tuna, and then bluefin tuna, free swimming all over. There is no, like I always say, there is no fence. So that bluefin, like Sonny was talking about Monday, they had that fish as far, close as three miles off the beach up there in uh, Channel Islands area. We had it four or five miles off the beach off of San Onofre a couple weeks ago. That bluefin's not going to stop swimming around. I know there is an epic phenomenal school of it out there on the Cortez and the Tanner Bank. And that's great. You know why that's great? Because that means that most of the sport fishing fleet is going to be out there where it's easy limit style fishing. Very, very easy limit style fishing out there. That means that all this inside fish for uh, is waiting and willing to bite our hooks. It's just about getting out there right now and getting offshore and going and finding that fish. And the only way you can find that fish is to get out there on your boat. If I sent, let's say the game plan's coming out tomorrow at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon like it does on every Thursday. We're going to start to talk about areas that that fish is at. 
Now I'm just going to use a bank for example. Let's say that fish is on the 302. I don't want you to run straight out to the 302 and then stop and look around. I want you to get to those numbers on the bank, the 302, and I want you to slow your boat down, get down to about six and a half, seven knots, throw a couple of those live deception cedar plugs out behind the boat, or maybe a small zucker feather or a uh, jet head feather. Get down to about six and a half, seven knots. Pick up the gyro stabilizing binoculars or whatever kind of good binoculars you have and start looking. For anything that is not water, it's going to be really, really good fishing. You're going to see some phenomenal scores this weekend, and it's going to keep going, and I believe it's going to be good through Christmas. But the guys that are catching them, they're spending the time looking. If you're not looking, if you're just driving, and I see this my whole career for 40-plus years, we're out there on the bank and we're catching fish and here comes joe and his friends on their uh cabo that does 35 knots and they go flying by us at 35 knots and i often wonder where are they going we're here i have pretty good intel i kind of know where the fish are and i see them go flying by us at 30 knots headed to the middle of nowhere Slow down. I watched them do 30 knots right by a kelp patty as big as my son's house. I've seen them go right by a school at Bluefin Tuna as, as big as um, the freelance. And they never even slow down because I don't know where they're going, but they're not looking. You cannot look on a boat under 65 feet when you're going 25, 30 knots. It's impossible. I don't even care if you have a great pair of gyro stabilizing binoculars because that slap, 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 slap. I'm trying to hold the binoculars and bam, bam, bam. You can't get a good look at the water. You need to slow the boat down and you need to throw some jigs out behind the boat and you need to start concentrating on staring at the water. When you're starting to pan around with your binoculars, it's a slow pan, about a quarter inch above the horizon sweeping back and forth, looking for anything that is not water. Could be a bird. It could be one bird. One bird. And we call them turn birds. They almost look like a butterfly from a distance in a pair of binoculars. They're so small. But one turn bird could be looking at a hundred Dorado. No problem. One turn bird could be looking at a bunch of marlin. Another fish that we need to talk about today also that is really, really showing up in big, big numbers is the striped marlin. We've been seeing it now for over a month in Southern California, and the striped marlin stretches all the way up to the Channel Islands and all the way down to Ensenada. It's all over the place. A lot, big concentration of striped marlin off of the east end of Catalina. This striped marlin is very, 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 very... Uh, concentrated on the tide. It's super important to remember that this marlin, this striped marlin, has a tendency to come right up to the surface of the water and do its feeding when the tide goes slack. Remember, we had that show a month or so ago about why do the fish all come to the surface when the tide goes slack? You can look back at that or you can go to my website at yoursaltwaterguide.com. And you can find out more about Tide. You can look that up on the website. 
and see more about why tide is so important and why do the fish react the way they do when the tide goes slack. We That's another show for a completely other day, but go to my website right there. The QR code's up on the screen. And I'll keep the same offer up that I told everybody yesterday from the airport. If you want a free look at the website, because the thought of spending $9 on some phenomenal information is kind of scary. And I understand that. I just went to Starbucks down the street and got a a, a grande coffee for uh, $8.75. So I understand how $9 scares the heck out of you for real information. So if you would like... I'll give you a free look if you just text me your email address at 949-374-0786. You don't have to worry about that $9. Or grab that QR code and go take a look at it for yourself if you're afraid to talk to me. Grab the QR code right there. That'll take you directly to my website. So, gang, when you're offshore and you're starting to see the birds or you're starting to see the marlin, that tail fin sticking out of the water that's all you're going to see 90 percent of the time with the marlin is just their tail sticking up it almost looks like a broomstick it's kind of going to be pointed backwards they're going to be headed the opposite way the tail's pointed all that stuff you don't see if you don't have a good pair of binoculars but here's the big thing that i think we need to talk about from today forward do not go offshore without some live mackerel in your bait tank. It's not worth it. You're going to see that marlin that you've never seen before. You're going to see him. You're going to see that tuna. You're going to see that bigger dorado on the kelp patty. Every one of these fish we're talking about loves to eat mackerel. They love to eat a fly line mackerel. Also, make sure you have a rod set up to cast a mackerel. Because it doesn't do you any good to have four or five live mackerel in your bait tank, but you don't have a rod to fish with them on. I suggest the Makaira series reels. They're great. The size 30 or the size uh, 20. Either one of those are going to fish a live mackerel. Just beautiful. And they also have the new mini Makaira. The new mini Makaira is coming out. And we're going to show those off on our next, next Wednesday show. I don't want to get everybody too excited. I want to show you those reels next week. But gang, it's going to be super important to have mackerel in your bait tank. You got to stop at the bait barge before you leave in the morning, jiggle up some mackerel, or if you're in Dana Point or San Diego or wherever else, you need to go to one of the spots we talk about on our website where the mackerel live, and you want to jiggle up some mackerel before you go offshore. Those of you with a receiver at your docks, this is why you've been saving those mackerel all year. Make sure you have some in your bait tank before you go out there because there's so much cool stuff just starting to happen in Southern California. You don't want to get out there without your mackerel in the bait tank because you are going to see your first marlin this year. You are going to get a jig strike on a marlin. Remember, if you get a jig strike on a marlin, there wasn't one there. It wasn't one fish. There's way more than one. So, if that marlin comes up on the lure behind the boat, you hear the clicker go off, you look back, you see him back there slapping your lure out of the water, drop that mackerel back to him and feed him that mackerel. He's going to eat it right away. But gang, I told you I have a really, really cool thing from Akuma that they sent me. Look at this. This is the Rockaway Travel Surf Rod. 
this thing is incredible. I don't know if any of you have traveled lately, but to try to get a full-length rod on an airplane nowadays costs you as much as your ticket to fly. This is going to fly with me right back to Cabo, just like this, as a carry-on item. This fits in the overhead. This Rockaway Travel Surf Rod fits in the overhead. It's made by Akuma. Let's, let's unwrap this. Let's look at this and show you guys what this is and what this is all about. Look at this. This is insane how cool this little package is. We're going to unzip it right here on the top, and I'm going to pull this rod out. Now, look, it's a three-piece rod, but the ferrule system is not like it used to be. This ferrule system actually has a little give in it, a little bend in it. So you put this thing together, and you, I could walk right down to the lake and start fishing for trout. I could walk down to the beach in Cabo and start fishing for rooster fish off the beach. This is a beautiful rod. This thing is about, what, how long is it? I just opened this. I just got up here and it's got delivered up here. This is a, I'd say this is a eight and a half foot long rod. I would guess this thing comes out of this little package. Eight and a half foot long, the Rockaway Travel Rod by Akuma Gang. You have to go over and you have to type that in. It's eight. Look at, I guessed eight and a half foot. It says right on it. Now that I read the label, it's eight foot six. I guess that's eight and a half foot. It's right here on the label. Let's see if you can see that. There it is, right there. 12 to 20 pound. That's all I need for fishing in the surf. That'd be my rod for fishing in the surf. This is going to work flawless. And also, I could use this for trout fishing up here at Lake Tahoe. Go catch me a big Mackinac. But the really, the thing I think is really cool about it is, look at, we got an eight and a half foot rod that fits in this little case, and I can carry this on the plane. I don't have to pay for this. I don't have to, this is part of my carry-on, and I fly southwest, so I'm allowed to check my bag and just carry on this Rockaway travel rod for no extra money gang take your rod your your normal rod tubes that you've had for years go to try to fly with those nowadays they're charging you as much as it cost for your ticket just to get your fishing poles down to mexico or down to wherever you're going to fish i would be very confident having this thing with me fishing down in Cabo. And I was reading about it online that there's different size tips that you can get. So if you're going to start to go with the bigger rods, the heavier line, the bigger conventional reels, everything's going to work together. This whole system's going to work for all of us. And we're all going to be able to utilize this. The Rockaway Travel Rod by Akuma. You cannot go wrong. You got to have one of these in your arsenal. If you fish like I do, if you're totally into fishing and if you, like myself, I'm, I'm a block from Lake Tahoe. I already went down there this morning looking for if there was any fish jumping or any fish ring, ringing or doing whatever. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I have this rod. I also have a couple of lightweight spinning reels that I brought with me just in case my son and I go out on his boat. But I have a rod now. And I pay a fortune rod up here to Tahoe. And this rod's going to fly right back to Cabo. I'll do the show in a couple weeks. I'll show you the same exact 
Same exact case is going to travel me on the airplane when I fly back down to Kabul. It's going to be insane. So don't forget the Rockaway Travel Rod by Akuma. And pick out the size you like and the size you need for what you're planning on doing. Also, send me a message and let me know. I can help you out with whatever. And we'll have John Bretza back on the show here soon. And he'll talk more about that rod all about all the technology that went into the development of that rod because John was on the cutting edge of the development of that. I'm very happy to be a part of Akuma and be able to have products like that that work for us. They're, it works for what we do, gang. We like to travel and we like to fish. Like Kelly always says, if Dave could piss a puddle, he'd fish in it. Well, now I have a rod to, <laughs> to accomplish that feat. So back to what we were talking about, this offshore thing. Now it's going to be super important to start to learn how to read tides. You're going to want to make sure that you're trying to plan your trip offshore around when the tide's going to go slack. The really cool thing is Catalina's on firing on all cylinders, yellowtail, sea bass, calico bass, halibut, bonita, barracuda, all biting at the island. You can split the day up because now that that marlin's off the east end of Catalina and that bluefin's on the backside of Catalina and that Dorado's going to swim right up the inside of Catalina. You could split your day up. You could, if the tide's going to be in the afternoon and you want to fish in the morning, you can go over to Catalina, fish for a few hours, catch some bass, bonita, barracuda, yellowtail. Then you can slip off the island and go catch your tuna or slide off the slide down there off the east end right at the tide. Go catch yourself your first marlin. There's so much possibility now because of this great Hurricane Hillary that came pouring into our area and brought all this fun stuff with it. The warm water, like I was telling everybody last week before she, Hillary came into Southern California, the water in Cabo is 91 degrees. Well, it just spun a bunch of that warm water up the, Calif up the Baja Peninsula, up the ridge, up all the way up to the Coronados. Like I say yesterday, the day boats out of San Diego saw a really good sign of Dorado. The amount of Dorado they caught, they lost at least that many. Something about a Dorado, when it bites someone's string, they just lose their mind. They forget everything they've ever learned about fishing. All you got to do when you hook a Dorado is bend the rod and turn the handle. You don't need to do all that jerking and going bananas and a dorado doesn't go to the kelp they're not a yellowtail so when he bites your line he's gonna he's gonna jump and he's gonna pull line off but he's not going to the patty everybody panics when that line starts to come off the reel and they put their thumb on the spool and snap that line off right away then they blame it on the knot i was reading a report on facebook today some guy talking about hey does anybody know a better knot than the san diego jam because i broke off five Dorado yesterday because of the knot. And my head tells me right away, you didn't do it because of the knot. You did it because of your thumb. Because you put, I guarantee you, they put their thumb on the spool to slow the line off coming off the reel. There's no Dorado on the planet that's going to spool you, gang. They're going to take that initial run. It's going to kill them. They're going to jump 10 or 12 times. They're going to have a massive heart attack and you're going to wind them into the side of the boat and throw them on the boat and eat them. You don't need to you don't need to lose your mind when you get bit by a Dorado game. But I don't know why that psychedelic fish just causes so much havoc on a boat. 
and makes people just lose their minds, forget how to fish, and start jerking the living bejesus out of their rod, hammering down their drag, putting their thumb on their spool. Don't do any of that. Just relax and wait when he bites your line. Yeah, 100% of the time, you're absolutely right, Justin. It's just, in, I used to walk up to the people when they go, I didn't put my thumb on the spool, and I, I'd go, smell your thumb. And they go, oh, what's that? And I go, burnt skin, because you put your thumb on the spool. Oh, I didn't even know I did it. I know. I've been standing next to people when they're doing it. I'm standing right next to them, and they're going, I didn't put my thumb on the spool. I'm like, look down. Your thumb is pinned on the spool. It's on the spool so hard that the knuckle turns white. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It doesn't work any kind of fishing. There is a ton of booger eaters out there making videos, though. There's some big, big names in the sport fishing industry in Southern California that make videos showing you how to fish using your thumb as the drag system. It's the lamest thing. And I, believe me, I'm going to make some videos and start calling these people out because they're teaching you all the wrong thing. This is not a drag system for your reel. You can go to the Avalon Tuna Club or you can go to Michael Folks's house and you can look at the old reels with the leather strap that they have used to have to use for a drag. Guy spent a million dollars back in the 50s inventing the drag system for the conventional style reels. And then they created the drag system for the spinning reels. You do not grab the spool of the spinning reel with your hand to stop the line from coming out, just like you do not use your thumb. Don't leave that comment because you're, oh, I, I know exactly how much pressure to put on with my, no, you don't. Oh my God. When you say that, you just tell me you eat your boogers. Gang, you got to learn how to set your drag on this offshore thing. It's, mind-boggling how many people freak when the line starts to come off the reel. Learn how to set your drag. I have a whole series on how to set your drag over at the website. Again, I'm sorry I keep going back to my website, but like I tell everybody over and over again, and when I do a live seminar out at a convention center or if I go to your club and I talk to your members, I try to let everybody know you do not have to suck at this fishing thing anymore. I made the most spectacular website and the best community for fishermen ever, ever, ever. There's nothing that compares to it. I don't care what planet you're on or what coast you're on or what lake you fish on. Nobody gives the kind of information that we give over at Your Saltwater Guide and nobody shares the kind of information that the members of Your Saltwater Guide share with each other on a daily basis. Why? Well, first of all, there's no negativity allowed. So you can actually share from your heart about what's happening out on the water that you're not figuring it out. You can share that on the community with members that actually care about your success out on the water. And they're going to share what they've learned. And everybody's sharing and there's zero negativity. That's the number one problem with all the other formats for fishermen is the minute you ask a question, that is a legitimate question, but not everybody knows everything. I sure don't. But then there's these expert 
people on these websites that want to just dig into you and make you feel terrible about a simple question you ask. That's why our website, I believe in my heart, is way better than anything out there just because of the community itself. But I already made every stupid mistake you can make in my 48 years of fishing for a living. I've seen every mistake you could possibly make when I was running sport boats, carrying 50, 60, 70 people day in and day out, running yachts with some billionaire people that think they know how to fish because they know how to make money. Or they went fishing with me once and they caught a tuna, so now they're an expert tuna. Or they read a magazine article while they're flying on their private jet. That was probably written by somebody who's never been out on the water, but they're a good writer. Just remember, gang, my dad told me when I was a little boy, never take fishing advice from someone who doesn't fish for a living every day. Don't ever take financial advice from someone who doesn't own a jet. If they don't own a jet, why do you want to know what your friend knows about where you should invest your money while they're driving around in their uh, Kia car? So I'm sorry. I get off on that every time, but I'm just trying to let you understand and how important it is to have a real decent game plan. Have every one of your reels set, drag, set. There is no reason to put your thumb on the spool from today forward. If you do that, if that is how you approach this fishing thing, then you're doing it wrong. You're so doing it wrong. And there's so many people that jump on my videos and say, well, that's not how I, why would you brag about doing it wrong? That is so ridiculous. If putting your thumb on that spool was the right way to do it, why is there a drag system? I'm right here, send a message in. Why is there a drag system? If you're supposed to use your thumb, Sometimes you got to use common sense, gang. Sometimes you absolutely, common sense will help you out tremendously. There is never a time to put your thumb on this bull. Back when I was a real dick, I'm sorry, back when I was a real bad human, if I saw you putting your thumb on there, I'd smack you with my pliers right on the top of your thumb. Because I would stand there right behind you and I'd go, don't put your thumb on this bull. And they go, I'm not. And I pop you with my pliers right on top of your thumb. You go, oh, what are you doing? I go, your thumb is pinned on the spool. What are you doing? Well, how do we stop them, Dave? How do we stop them from taking all that line off our reel? First of all, your spool is full, right? Because you watched my videos and I told you never go fishing without your reel full of line. Anybody that goes out there without their reel full of line, you've already planned on failing. Well, I don't want to, I don't, so you're already planning on failing because you, you're not planning on hooking a big fish that's going to actually take line off your reel. That's one reason to have it filled to the rim. The other is gear ratio. The other is castability. All those things matter if your reel's not full of line. I don't care if it's a spinning reel or a conventional reel. The castability of the reel when it's not full of line is going to fall off dramatically. When the fish is taking your line and your drag is set proper, the only way you're going to stop that fish is by bending your rod. I don't care. Don't leave that comment either. Oh, that's not right. High sticking. The line will peel off the reel with the drag. You lift your rod. There are many times I'm fishing that big yellowtail out at Clemente or down on the Cortez or over in Loretto. 
that fish is taken off, headed for the rocks. I'm bending that rod so hard that my back is starting to arch. The, the reel is right here on my chest. The rod is bent over double and the fish is still taking line. But it is so hard for him to pull the line off the reel when you have that much bend in the rod, that much force being put on that fish. He will slow down. Yes, occasionally you'll hook a fish that will take all your line. What a great story to tell everybody. But don't put your thumb on the spool. My gosh. You can go watch all these. There's there's one person that makes videos that puts them out that has no idea, that should never be teaching anybody about how to fish. They refuse to bend the reel, our rod. They refuse to bend the rod on any of their videos. And they also hold the reel by the side hold the rod and reel by the side of the reel. It's the, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's so funny when I'm watching it and they're trying to explain to people. First of all, they don't really know how to fish because they've never fished for a living. But then they hold the reel by the side plate while they're fishing. It's like, that is so ridiculous. That's not where you hold it. There's, a hand, there's a grip in front of the reel on the rod with hypalon on there or cork tape. It's so funny. It's not that hard to figure it out, John Stanley. You watch this booger eater every day. Everybody does. Just next time you're watching a sh one of your favorite fishermen, when they're holding the reel by the side plate, you already know that's a booger. He's, you know he eats his boogers when he's driving in his car by himself. You already know that. <laughs> <laughs> they grab the side of the reel and hold it and use that as leverage to lift. What are you doing? That is so good. Why don't they put a grip on the side of the reel plate if that's how you're supposed to hold it? It's so funny. It's just, it blows my mind. I see it all the flipping time. If you look at a fishing rod, here, here, we got one. We absolutely have a fishing rod. I want to show you something really unique about this. This is so cool. This is where your reel goes. See this area right here? You know why they put this here? This is where you hold it. Reels goes here. You hold it right here. You lift. When you have your arm like this and you lift, it's so much easier than holding the side plate. They hold the side plate. It's so funny. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen, man. It's just, it's hilarious. I laugh and I laugh and I go, they have a TV show and they don't even know how to hold the reel. <laughs> and people are giving them money. It's wild. This is where, this area right here, they put this here. They didn't, the factory, they didn't have a bunch of this stuff, this Hypalon, this rubber they didn't have a bunch of this in the warehouse and just say, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to put it on the front of every rod made because we don't know what else to do with it. No, they put it here because this is where you hold it. Also, if you're holding your reel by the side plate, help me out here. How do you guide the line? 
I don't care if you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and you have like nine inch, 10, 12 inch fingers and a nine inch thumb. You cannot from the side plate, holding it and winding, holding it by the side plate and winding, you cannot guide the line. Oh my gosh, and you're teaching people. Ooh. I'm trying so hard to help all of you out so that you don't look like a booger eater when you're fishing. And then there's a TV show where they hold the side plate and they all, the both of the stars of the show do it. It's crazy. That is not the way ever. There's never, ever, that's the way. Oh my gosh, it just drives me crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm sorry I had to vent because I'm sorry. Someday we'll, someday we'll go through all these superstars of fishing with these TV shows and we'll start, we'll start picking out what they do right, what they do wrong. It's crazy. Not that I'm the expert at any of this. I just been lucky enough to take hundreds of thousands of people fishing for the last 48 years for a living. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why do you think that's who it is? That's not, I didn't say anybody's name. Now you guys are assuming. I'm not saying anybody's name. I didn't say a name. Ali's a very close personal friend of ours. I'm not saying anybody's name. I didn't say that. I said, go watch the show. So back to what we were talking about. So you get bit and you're offshore. If it's a yellowtail, he's going to the kelp paddy. We know that. You got to bend the rod. You got to slow the fish down. You got to bend the rod. You got to bend the rod. You got to bend the rod. Okay, it's super imperative to bend the rod to stop that yellowtail from getting to the kelp paddy. When you're Dorado fishing, that Dorado is going to jump. Every time he jumps, you need to wind as fast as you can because when he's jumping, he's getting slack in the line because he's trying. The only reason they're jumping is to try to throw that hook out of their mouth. They're trying to get that hook out of their mouth. So. <laughs> there have been. So when he jumps, wind. When that Dorado jumps, wind. Most people, when he jumps, they stand there and their, their jaw, they hang their jaw, slack jaw, and they're just staring as he jumps. And then they, oh my gosh, I lost him. Yeah, because you didn't apply pressure. When he jumps, you need to wind faster. When he jumps, wind a little faster. Get that slack out of your line. Don't let him shake that hook out of his mouth. All right? That's why they're jumping. They don't like the feeling of that metal steel in their mouth. So they're jumping to try to get that out of there. So bend the rod and wind when they jump, but bend the rod when they're trying to get to the kelp paddy. That'll stop them. They won't make it. And if they do make it into the kelp paddy, it's okay. You can drive over to the kelp, unless there's 50 boats on it. But if you're the guy that found the kelp and you're on the kelp and you're by yourself, you can drive over, loosen up your, loosen up your um, spool, put it in free spool. Drift with the fish stuck in the kelp. Your buddy gets his fish. Drive over to the kelp. Slowly winding in your line. Drive up. The fish will be in that kelp. You can dig it out with the gaff. Whammo, get your fish out of the kelp. It, it works pretty flawless. Just don't panic when they get in the kelp and don't break them off. You can get them out. You go dig them out with your gaff on your private boat. It works flawless. Another thing when you're offshore fishing, 
and you have a little bit of that mackerel in your bait tank, don't waste it on the kelp patty until you see the big bull dorado. When you see the big bull dorado, cast your mackerel out there to the big bull dorado. But don't pull up to every kelp patty and waste your mackerel weight because there will be a time where you want to have that mackerel for when you see that marlin or when you see that big dorado. So don't waste your mackerel because most of you don't have a big giant bait tank where you can put 30 or 40 mackerel in and then have four or five scoops of sardines. There are some of you, but most of you know that's not going to happen. So make sure that you save the mackerel for when it's time to use the mackerel. And pay attention to the weather. The weather's a big thing now with what's going to be happening here in the next month and a half, two months. It's going to be hard to see the Dorado, free swimming Dorado, the kelp patties when it's white capping. It's going to make it really hard. So try to start picking your days. Use windy.com. Go out on the days when it's calm. Use windy.com to make sure that you're going out there when it's calm and paying attention to paying attention to the uh, tide, fish around the tide from now on. That blue fin, that yellow fin, that'll float during the tide. When the tide goes slack, that stuff will float. But that marlin, big time. And then another thing, and we talk about it on our live seminars a lot, is kelp patty fishing is not time of day. It never has been time of day, and it never will be time of day. Why people say that? Oh, kelp patty, time of day. No, it was the time of the day that you found it. If you would have found that patty early in the morning, those fish would have bit on it. But you found it late in the afternoon. That's the only reason why it's time of day. There's no time of day for a kelp patty fishing. Those fish have located that patty in the middle of the night. And that's where they're hanging out, waiting for you to show up and throw the food on it. A lot of times that Dorado will be free swimming around the patty in a big circle. They're not going to be right on the patty like the yellowfin or the yellowtail. So when you get there, you got to pay attention. You got to look around. While your friends are casting towards the patty, you want to be looking at the water and watching, seeing those purple blue fish, purple green blue fish swim around the patty. You want to go, okay, there they are. They're coming by right now and cast your bait at them. Always cast towards them their faces don't cast at their tails we talked about that last week on the casting podcast we did with uh for elliot elliot thought that was and i couldn't even believe the amount of people that love that that was a really good topic elliot thank you very much for that but You don't want to cast at their butt because when the bait hits the water behind them, it scares them because they think something's trying to eat them. So you don't want to cast at your butt, at their butts. And uh, when you get offshore now, try to stay away. When you see five or six boats in an area, try to get away from that area because they've covered that area or they're going to cover that area. And they're going to find the kelps that are holding in that area. They're going to find whatever's going on in that area. Now it's going to be more about covering water and getting to areas where there's not a lot of boats. You want to get out of those areas where there's not a lot of boats and get into areas where I call it clean water. It's not the clarity of the water. It's the amount of boats that have driven around in the water. It's real hard kelp paddy fishing when there's other boats in the area. You 
You may want to get up a little early. Hey, Todd Manzer, I'm up here with my granddaughter, baby. You might want to get out there a little bit earlier to get away from all the uh, boats. Being first is way better than being second or third. If you're not first, you're last. But you want to get out there before the, the fleet or go fish the island and then come out there in the afternoon when everybody else has gone home and then you can go find your own patty. But if you do find a patty and it doesn't have any fish on it, don't just sit there waiting for that patty to restock. Patties do not restock during the day. They don't. They restock at night under the, under the cloak of darkness because that makes the fish feel safe to travel. Because remember, we talked about this many times. They don't know they're big. They still think they're anchovy size. They still think they're little fish, no matter how big they are. They're not going to do a lot of traveling in the daytime when they can get picked off and eaten. So what they're doing is they're traveling at night, the Dorado and the Yellowtail. They find a kelp patty. Then they hang out at that kelp patty during the day, hoping to ambush any bait that shows up. I've seen many times, and so has my good buddy Todd Manser, where we're out fishing and we see you on your private boat sitting on a kelp patty. And we looked in our gyro-stabilizing binoculars from four, three or four miles away, and we saw that you didn't have your rods bent. Gang, if your rod's not bent and you're stopped on your boat, that's not good. When you stop your boat, you want your rods to bend. You want there to be a bend in your rod. If your rods aren't getting bent when you're stopped, there's a pretty good chance there's not any fish there. But Todd will tell you, we've seen guys on a kelp patty in the morning when we went by them. We go back by them in the afternoon, they're still sitting on the same patty. Still haven't caught a fish. I hear guys come in. Back when I was doing the guide service at the laundry, I have guys come in and say, hey, I was on a patty all day today. We didn't catch anything. Saw one yellowtail swimming around it. We tried, We threw everything we had at him for hours. We couldn't get a bite. I couldn't even comp. I, I don't even. I couldn't comprehend that. I got ADD. I don't know if you guys know that or not. But I can give a patty about 15 minutes at the farthest scope without catching anything. If I saw a fish and they're not biting. But four or five minutes is probably really the max for me. I'm going to be yelling, me and Todd, let's say me, Todd, and Spider are fishing a patty. Todd, did you get a bite? Did you get a bite? No, no. Spider, did you get a bite? I'm not seeing anything on the meter. I haven't seen anything. I don't see anything. I'm like, are you, we got to go. Why? Well, Todd and I and Spider, we know why. We're getting off of this thing because we want to go find the one that they're biting at. But Todd, yeah, like you said, they'll say they saw fish and sat there for hours. It's the crate. Gang, don't do that. Right now, with the influx of all the fish that have just swam into Southern Cal, there's so much fish. If you get a kelp patty and it's got a fish or two on it, but they're not biting, get off of it and go find some. Because there is that patty out there where they're going to just jump on your boat and get in the white bag and they want to go home with you. Don't spend your time looking at one stupid fish swimming under a patty for an hour or two hours or four hours. I've, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Good, Dan. You don't want to spend time. I mean, we can't, we can't sit there for hours. Oh, hey, Kelly girl, you liking the show? 
Yeah, everybody, Kelly Girl's calling in. Hey, everybody. Hi, say hi to Kelly. Kelly, say hi to everybody. Say hi. Bye. Say hi to everybody. Say hi, hi. Say hi. hi everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Love you. Bye. Bye. That was my beautiful wife. And we're on the same time. I'm only in Tahoe. Love you, Kelly girl. Oh, she's going to be so embarrassed. Oh, my goodness. So, gang, we're in store for a phenomenal time right now. From now until Christmas, I think it's just going to be incredible. And like we talked about yesterday, we got... We got lobster season really, really coming on quick. Middle of September, it's going to be lobster season. We're going to be catching Dorado, yellowtail, bluefin, yellowfin, and lobsters all at the same time. Can you believe that? What a great time to be alive. What a great season. What a great opportunity for all of us. Those of you that are just trying to get into this and try to learn this, Gang, you don't have to go through that big giant curve that Todd Manser and I went through when we were kids. We wish there would have been a website like your saltwater guide. We're not proud. We wanted to catch fish for our clients. That's what we want to do more than anything. We want when you buy a ticket to go fishing with us or you charter our boats or you go out with us as a guy, we wanted to catch fish so bad. We still do. When Todd and I hook a fish today, it's the greatest fish we ever hooked. And I don't care if it's an eight inch trout or a 300-pound bluefin. We react exactly the same way. That's why we think that this website is so spectacular because we have this beautiful community with people that have the exact same respect for the ocean and desire to be be successful when they go out. And we're, we're all on the website sharing all of our experience, strength, and hope with all of you. Justin, Pablo, Sonny, Avery, Todd, everybody's contributing to the website. You're not going to find anything like this anywhere else, gang. I don't know why it's so hard to understand that. Information is key, no matter what level you are at. If you're an expert or you're just starting out, info is the key. Grab the QR code. We're going to have a great show tomorrow for you, gang. We're going to interview my son, who's been hanging out with me for 30, 28, 29 years. He's been part of my family. We're going to interview Sean tomorrow. We're going to talk to him about what it's like being a dad now, having that beautiful little granddaughter. I'm going to hang out and play with my granddaughter. We're going to go for a nice hike today with the baby. And I want to thank you all for watching this podcast every single day and being a part of my show and being part of my life. And I thank all of you for all the kind comments. Todd. Love you, buddy. Thanks for always tuning in. Todd's son watches every show also. And every single other person on every podcast and every social media platform, Kelly Girl and I, thank you. Don't forget to leave the stars. Don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if uh, you can't figure out how to do any of that, there's a QR code right there on the top of the screen on the right-hand side if you want to help Kelly and I out, Venmo us some a little bit of money to help us feed all the rescue animals we have, or maybe buy Zaya a toy while I'm up here in Tahoe, feel free to grab that QR code right there that sends it directly to my Venmo account. 
Gang, thank you very much for watching the show. I'll be with you tomorrow. We're going to interview Sean Hansen tomorrow. It should be fun. He's very shy, so we'll see if we can't get him to come on here with us. All right, thank you, everybody, for watching the show. Have a great day. Be kind to each other. Turn off the news. They're all lying. They're lying like crazy right now. They want you to put that paper diaper back on your face. Crazy. All right, bye. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.